Yeah, what's up, fam? In today's interview, I'm talking with my mate Ryan Magic, who's a 26, uh, sorry, 27 now, but at the age of 26, he's made over $10 million already in business. He's absolutely crushing it. But we talk about all the things on emotional success, spiritual success, how to just have uh, self mastery. We talk about the benefits on meditation, how to meditate, how to really to kind of discover your true inner potential and unlock what's what's truly inside of us. So it's a really cool conversation. But he also goes really deep on how to just develop ultimate confidence and self-worth. So this is a really cool, uh, deep conversation. Jump into it, grab notepads and pens. Let's go. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. And each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. All right, today's guest is a 27-year-old entrepreneur and growth junkie who lives to speak and teach to audiences all around the world. He's an international best-selling author. He's built a Facebook following over 100,000 followers. He's grown a 25-person company from scratch, donated over $100,000 to charity, which I absolutely love, and has attracted his soulmate, who they now just travel the world doing what they love together. After becoming financially wealthy but spiritually broke, he started meditating, uh, which has now opened the door to true fulfillment. So much of that, that he now runs it across uh, teaching people how to meditate powerfully and how to unleash their true freedom and live their dream life for integration of physical, emotional, and spiritual mastery. So please help me welcome the man who went from anxiety and depression in his teens to having so many reasons not to amount to much to now be able to create six figures at the age of 19, seven figures at 22, and eight figures at 26 years old. My mate, Ryan Magic, you're going by now, right? Yes, nailed it, man. I appreciate that intro. As you were going through that stuff, I was like, whoa, I forgot about some of those things. I forgot about, I haven't done many charitable efforts recently, but that was, yeah, it was a really nice intro, man. (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny it's um sometimes like uh, i forget who, who i was trying to yesterday it's like man we should just keep this recording just listen to it every single morning just give yourself that little like wow i am i am a freaking beast I, <laughs> that's so good man um i want to jump straight into this like we after hearing your story a few weeks ago when we connected up here on the gold coast um has resonated so much it was so incredible Take everybody back to what it was like growing up because you've created like epic success in your 20s, uh, which is so, so, so cool. Um, Take everybody back because I know it was not all roses for you in the beginning. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't. And so recently I've been doing some reflecting and giving, paying homage to my upbringing. It's one way to frame it, giving it the space and the, the, the presence that it deserves because it was a really tough time growing up. And I definitely went through the personal development, going through the traumas, doing some breakthroughs, healing wounds, breaking patterns, NLP, deep in a child work and whatnot. And then kind of normalized what I went through, got rid of the charge. But also I feel like it's, it's, it's important to regularly give ourselves a balance of looking up and holding ourselves accountable and then giving ourselves grace and really being kind to ourselves and looking at this stuff. So I, I appreciate the question. 
So for me growing up, I, I was nervous. I was born into a nerve, nervous kind of environment because there was a lot of, say it wasn't ridiculous violence, but there was in, intense violence. There was emotional abuse. It was just a hectic environment and I was a sensitive little boy, uh, very nerve nervous. So when I went to primary school each day, the, the principal had to literally pull me off my mum's arms because I was so scared to go to school and I was screaming every single day. And so it took the whole of primary school for me to build some confidence. And the reason I got confidence, it was conditional confidence because when I, I was actually really devoted and dedicated to doing activities and getting good at them, whether that was academics or sport and, or chess, just ran anything that I put my mind to because I wasn't very confident. I'd spend time really diving in deep to whatever I did and built confidence that way. And that gave me uh, a little bit more of an ability to socialize. And then when I started high school, my mum left our environment at home because she was escaping. She was suicidal and going through a bunch of stuff herself. And then I was with my dad. My confidence dropped down pretty much to zero instantly. And all that kind of conditional confidence that I'd built up dropped to nothing again for a few years in high school. And I started, I just instantly stopped hanging around anyone that had a personality really because I was scared and confronted. So I would, I would hang out with more of the quiet people that you, know, you could call them nerds or whatever and just studied and yeah it was really quiet and then I eventually built my confidence up by acting out and being silly at school and you know, built my confidence up that way and and then when I was, I was 16 I used to play golf as a as a bit of a therapy for me I'd go out in the golf course before school after school that was really where I put a lot of time because it was very chilled on the golf course in nature you, you weren't around as big a personalities as what you would be in like football or athletics and basketball and these other sort of sports. And there was a mentor I had at the club. Just, I didn't really know what a mentor was then, but someone that saw something in me and really wanted to encourage me and help me. And his name was David Shen, really lovely uh, guy. And he said to me one day when we were playing golf, in a competition, he gave me a little bit of an incentive to shoot a certain score, which was a bit better than where I was at and said, if you shoot the score today, I'll buy you an iPod for your birthday. And he, I did shoot the score and I went into the pro shop every day waiting for this iPod because I was so pumped because I didn't have a lot coming out of the home situation at that time. So it was really exciting for me. And one day, a few weeks later, I went into the pro shop of the golf club and there it was, this, this iPod. And I went home straight away to load a bunch of songs on it. And I saw that he'd already put music on it. And it was an artist that I'd never heard of before by the name of Tony Robbins. I was just going to say, what is it? Yeah, who is Tony Robbins? Started listening to this voice. I actually thought he was black. When I first heard his voice, I was like, this is confident, big black dude that's talking and motivating me. And I loved it. I listened to it every day and it gave me hope. And even though I didn't really jump out of my uh, anxiety and kind of depression at school because there were so many anchors to who I was at that state, uh, that stage as a follower, it really gave me hope to go for something more. And as soon as I left school, I started going on a massive personal development, courage uh, rampage, doing everything I was afraid to do and kind of making up for what I perceived to be lost time, not really having a crack at leadership opportunities and doing things that I was passionate about. And that led me on the, the journey of personal development and business development. 
at, at a young age. So yeah, that situation that could be viewed as a negative very much for me turned out to create my current reality, which I really love. I love my life. So mm. yeah. I love that, man. And then, so, so what was your first company? Talk, talk us through a little bit of that. Cause like, I think to really nail, and, and I love like, it's so crazy that when we did meet, um, just how crazy, like I'm at the exact, like it's, we're, we're very at the same thing right now. Like what we're kind of going for. And it's just, so it was so interesting. So to really kind of um, teach where I know you're passionate about what you want to teach, do you want to take us through a little bit more of the success you did build? What was it and how did you kind of achieve? Like that's, that's massive to have, you know, 10 figures at 26 years old. 10 figures. Um, what did I say? Eight, eight figures. Eight 10 figures. figures. Is, I was thinking 10 million. 10, 10 billion. Hey, why not? Mate? I'm manifesting for you. What are we going to do about 36? <laughs> eight figures. <laughs> uh, that's great. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I want to make really clear is that business, especially if you're young, is 100% in inner game. And I have some people say, don't say 100% because there's strategy and people will be put off if you're slamming home this like inner game is the whole game. But it is. It is the whole game because if you've got a strong character and you've got a mindset that can get you to do things, everything strategically, tactically, ideas-wise comes and emerges from that. So when I first started in business, I could only start after I had the confidence and courage to take a leap of faith and get in the arena, which took me ages. It took me like probably a year of having the idea around business to get out of the limiting beliefs that it was even possible to start a business. And then I had a friend that encouraged me to start a business. And that was like the push I sort of needed. And then I, I started, which was incredibly scary, but I was just cold calling tradies all day, every day, selling them websites. So I'd do anywhere from 60 to 100 dials a day, calling people. There was this cool soft, software that myself and my friend had access to that essentially pulled Google Places listings of trade businesses so I could get their, their, their current website. Or if they actually, the listings were based off them not having a website listed, the name, mobile number, and the type of trade that they were. And I was just smashing through dials all day, every day, which was terrifying for me at my stage of confidence then. But man, that was so character building. And I remember the first day I called so many people and I had six tradies, six or eight tradies agree for me to do a, a demo website for them, which I built in their branding and created a logo and did all this stuff that I kind of figured out on, on the pro, like improvised, made it happen. And I was like, this is six or eight sales that I've just made. And I was so pumped and none of them went through. And I realized yeah, the start of selling is, is, more, is more difficult than what one expects. And over the, the next three months, I got better every day and learned to do a one call close to get people to pay for their website on the very first phone call, which was awesome. And within a few months, I had one week where I'd done six six $6,000 and I was 19 at this age 18 going on 19 it was around that time and for me i was just like holy crap like i w when i was 18 I, from the age of 13 to kind of 17 ish i worked at a golf course getting paid between six dollars and twelve dollars an hour <laughs> i was like you could make some cold calls and make six grand in a week it was just mind expanding i couldn't believe it that that was the initial kind of entrance into business and then i just experimented with a ton of businesses uh to learn and, and develop the entrepreneurial rigor that i have today that enables me to build businesses that i enjoy and make them profitable and 
set them up from scratch. I love that. So what, how does somebody go from, so you're 26. Did you, are we talking eight figures cumulatively or are you turn that over annually? Cumulatively. cumulatively. So total. I've yeah. done eight figures total. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how does somebody go from having all that success, right? Because that would be so successful in so many people's opinions and eyes, right? Yes. To having the last 12 months off kind of this huge self-discovery journey, now going into meditation and teaching people a complete opposite of what you were kind of doing. What, what led to all that? Yeah, it's a great question, man, because I kind of built up uh, exponentially in terms of the growth of, of where I got the business. Each year it would grow a lot. But I plateaued at the point of being able to manage teams effectively and scale past, you know, three, four million going on five mil a year. And there was a sticking point that I couldn't really figure out. I, I didn't understand what it was. And I'd hire coaches and get consultants. And I would go from 10 team members to 22 team members, back to 12, up to 25, back to 16, up to 22. And it's, you know, just I rebuilt multiple teams in the same business. But at that point, there were a few themes that all led to the same kind of awakening point that had me pull back and actually choose to downsize and then shut down that business, which was the combination of being disconnected from uh, an energy that we possess within us as humans called more of a magician energy, which gives rise to the qualities of perceptive awareness and also intuitive clarity. I was very intellectual. I wasn't very connected. And as a result, I was, it was very easy for me to miss common problems because I was always trying to figure it out in my head logically. And I, I struggled to sense into and tune into my environment, the industry, my business as a whole, what team members were thinking. And there was a, the problem in the business from a strategy perspective was there was a misalignment in terms of the product and the market. We were helping life coaches who most of which fail, most life coaches fail. And I was trying to buck that trend. I was trying to help people that otherwise wouldn't have made their life coaching business work. I, that was kind of my, my mission to save people that had the biggest hearts and really wanted to make a difference, but didn't have the strategic ability and character to make their life coaching businesses work. And so that's what I was trying to do. But in order to help them, they needed so much accountability. They needed so much support. And I built this incredible set of infrastructure in terms of the delivery model of coaching calls, sometimes up to seven times a week. These life coaches were being coached by my team. And we had to build such a crazy delivery model and program to help these people. And in order to deliver that program, the price point was so premium. So there was a mismatch. What they needed was beyond what they could afford. And even though I was phenomenal at sales, all the way stemming from learning how to cold call and close people, and I had so much heart in it, which makes sales infinitely easier and more powerful, that we were, I built a nine person sales team. We had a month where we did a million dollars in a month with our sales team. And we could close people when they needed it, but they, they weren't at the stage where they should have been investing in that program, even though I joined a program that was double and a half the price point of our program. And that's what broke me through. So because I needed that program, I broke through with a program similar, nowhere near the delivery model of what I invested in. I invested in a 50K program and it was just merely the 50K investment that 
you know, got me to back me into a corner and have me fight my way out. And I needed that or else I wouldn't have broken through and I wouldn't have started. So I was trying to give the same gift to others, but they couldn't afford it. Some people couldn't deal with the pressure and it was a mismatch of what we were selling and what people could afford and need. And that caused, well, I think we had between two and $3 million of unpaid invoices. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine like we were, st- I, I was had my whole heart on the line and if you do something for someone and give them an opportunity and they sign up and you deliver it and then they don't pay. And then because, because they don't have the character or the strength to be able to make that business work and then they hate you for it. That's a tough feeling. And I was like penciled right in that position in this industry, trying to change the industry and save people. It was a big learning from that. So that was like the strategic problem. The emotional problem was that I was also simultaneously putting my self-worth on the line with how the business was going. I was driving to succeed because if I didn't succeed, I didn't feel strong and whole within myself. So I was conditionally loving myself based upon how I was succeeding in business, which is a nasty trap to fall into and it is not sustainable and it holds entrepreneurs back every day. So with the combination of that kind of strategic mismatch and blind spot that I had, me not loving myself at the highest level and conditionally striving in business to appease my own sense of self. And then also the spiritual sign that just was just the, the absolute spanner in the, in the works was I had an executive that stole a huge amount of money, didn't pay a couple of basses, even though that he said that he had, and ultimately just did a bunch of nasty things in the business that cost the business close to a million dollars in cash. Um, <laughs> that was just like, okay, cool. I took the sign and I went, I actually need to learn to love myself unconditionally. I also simultaneously started meditating and I just got a sledge, a wrecking ball, a sledgehammer physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I went, how can I be teaching other people to succeed if I don't love myself unconditionally? Cause I thought I was teaching. I was teaching what I knew and I felt like if you go out there and you have the courage to start something, make it happen, you can build confidence. I didn't have it. I built confidence. I feel confident now and I want to help you do the same thing. But I didn't realize that it was conditional. And when I did, I went, whoa, I need to pause and take a step back and learn to love myself unconditionally or else I'm not really being the authentic role model that I want to be. That's so intense. Like, you know, so, so putting your self-love, your self-worth according to how much success you create. Yeah, right? it's, a dr- it's a drug. It is. And I, we have to, I'll have to somehow get the link to that, that video you did, the poem you did. Um, I'll somehow get that link from you. I'm going to put it in the description to this uh, episode. You guys need to go and check it out. Um, that was freaking, you hit nail on the head. It's so, it's just so fast. Like, it's so interesting this because that's the, the, I hit the exact same wall where it's like realizing getting self-love self-worth confused with confidence and like i've achieved this like i'm confident and you know i kind of hit the same wall how how can someone how can someone hit this head on or become aware of lack of self-love lack of self-worth before it kind of gets too late how can they kind of become aware of that and work on that during the journey instead of having to go through something hectic losing business or something What's worth mentioning that when people, when blood is spilled is when people get the most real learnings, the most powerful learnings. If you actually go through something that 
yields a consequence that creates some kind of scar or some kind of at least intense piece of pain that gets you to pause and reflect, that's when you really learn. Because I'm going to ask you a question. How many times have you heard personal development leaders and experts, authors preach the idea, entrepreneurs that are wildly successful, that money doesn't make you happy? Yeah. Everyone that's had money knows that. Most people, unless they're still savagely pursuing it and, and just can't see it. Which, which is pretty rare, but there are people in that category. Everyone preaches that. But even though people hear it a hundred, a thousand times in this entrepreneurial space, they need to experience it themselves to get through it. That's why I help people now, not just with meditations, a really important part of what I teach. But I help people grow and make a ton of money doing what they love, building a freedom lifestyle so that they can accelerate themselves to that but then simultaneously help them develop the character required to unconditionally love them at the same level, love themselves at that highest level. It's, it's incredible. So what, what's been the biggest learning, I guess, in well, what would have been some practices you've taken to start developing more self-worth that's not attached to uh, income or success? That's yeah, a great question, man. And what I, what I would love to do first, because for me, I wish I heard this when when i was in that flow of attempting to be successful and becoming more successful i i wish i got told how to develop real confidence so i'd love to talk to that and then talk about the tools that can fit into this model but confidence is approached most of the time in a conditional format i think that that is one type of confidence but i think if you want to develop unbreakable unbreakable confidence. It comes in three different layers. The first layer is physical confidence, which is conditional. That is when you take action, gain control of different areas of your life or achieve results in certain areas of your life. And respectively in that order creates more and more confidence. The problem is if you have control in an area of your life, you feel really confident. Or if you have results in an area of your life, you feel confident. If you then lose that result, relapse in your health, in the, in the gym, then you feel like crap. So it's very up and down. It's non-reliable, but it's still a form of confidence. If you crush it in business and you're doing super well, you're going to feel conditionally confident. But the moment that that's threatened or you have a loss or you stop um, profiting at the same level or plateau or there's problems, then that confidence just goes. And so that's one form of confidence. And I recommend that you definitely strive for that but you need to balance it off with the other two layers, which is emotional confidence and spiritual confidence. These are both unconditional forms of confidence that when you develop, even if your physical lens and physical layer of confidence diminishes or you relapse in an area of your life, you still have a degree of unconditional confidence within yourself that keeps you strong and grounded. And this is the difference between hypey confidence or fleeting confidence and rock solid grounded confidence. So emotional confidence is going into the deep inner world of self-love. It's doing inner child work and therapy. It's going into different modalities that help people understand who they are and learn to love who they are, no matter what, because you understand what you went through when you were growing up. You understand why you do certain things. And then you form a sense of love for your own spirit, your own character, your own unique 
DNA and code that's different to every single other human beings. And that allows you to heal this inherent need to be something other than who you are, to try to appease uh, the affection and attention and love of others because you develop it within yourself. That's emotional confidence. And that's a journey. That's something that you do over a long period of time, but it must be a priority if you, if you actually want to feel grounded in who you are and also be able to bring character into business and thrive at a high level. So you're not impacted so quickly and easily thrown off by external factors. And the last one is spiritual confidence. And this is even deeper and even more abstract, but it's understanding your relationship to the universe and in the universe. It's understanding symbiosis and ecology and how you fit into the humanity of the world, which is understanding oneness. Because if you understand that you are the universe, you're not separate from it, but you are the universe from the spiritual ends and that layer, then there's never a problem. Like if you see yourself as a factor like a planet in the solar system or like a cell in the human body but a human in the human race and and the planet and you can see your relationship and feel connected to everyone and everything through the process of different practices like meditation religion spiritual spirituality and you understand that then that is the unchanging stability that allows you to feel strong whole confident and grounded no matter what's going outside in the manifest changing ever changing ever evolving world and so if you can take your physical need and pursuit for growth and results and success and you can add emotional confidence and spiritual confidence into that mix and you can combine all that together then you become unshakable and it looks like grounded peaceful rock solid confidence and when you have that as a foundation then you've got the recipe to approach anything in life so how can somebody start building more confidence in those three levels because the physical one that's i think that's what most people think about first right and that's where they they go to and that's usually where they stop so how can yeah. you start building more confidence in, in the other two areas or all three yeah, totally. Well, the reason that people stop is because they feel crap when they experience the physical low, which is normal. Like everyone experiences highs and lows when they're in that physical layer of life. If you were in a, a fulfilling relationship and then you get dumped, everyone feels a bit of pain and hurt and feels low in that area of their life. If someone's you know, jacked and they walk into a gym where everyone's measuring success based on the size of your guns and you have massive guns, you're going to feel confident. If you got a gut health autoimmune disorder and lost all your body and you went into the gym as a skeleton six months later, you're going to feel crap about who you are and you're going to feel embarrassed walking into that space and insecure because that confidence you built was never solid. It was never because everything is always changing on the physical reality. That's something that's important. It takes time and experience to recognize. So if you're a young entrepreneur, a young success driven human that's listening to this uh, interview, then I highly recommend that you understand that nothing is forever. And that's not a bad thing. Things are always evolving and changing. And although there's equal benefits and drawbacks to every single level of life, there is a raising and a rising up of your experience, your knowledge as an evolution throughout life. 
and it takes change to experience that evolution. So that's really important to understand, but yeah, you're going to feel low at times and that's okay. The, so from a physical level, how do you do it? You master your ability to execute, take action, use courage to overcome fear, lean into your resistance points. Um, and that's, that's very difficult. And when you improve the emotional and spiritual levels, it makes it easier to execute, but it's still possible without developing emotional and spiritual confidence to execute because you just have to master one skill, which is, in, is courage. And that's damn hard. But the reality is every single step forward that is aligned with what you really want to do always requires your ability to bridge the gap of discomfort because intuition, we're going to bring spirituality into this. When you get an intuitive impulse, a piece of creative intelligence, or just a gut feel of what you need to do next, it's always going to require you crossing a chasm of discomfort. And the reason why is because intuition's purpose is to grow you and evolve you. That's the purpose. Even though you've experienced physical results, it's actually designed for you to grow and evolve. And you can't grow unless you do something that's unfamiliar. So every time that you take action outside your comfort zone, you actually grow and expand. If you were to do something that's already familiar to you, that's not intuition, that's intellect, that's control, that's familiar. And without fear, there's no space for faith. So if you already have control over what you, need, you know you need to do next, say, for example, you're in a business, you know how to close deals over the phone and you just keep doing that same Facebook ads, but you're not good at YouTube ads. You keep doing Facebook ads, but you get an intuitive idea to, to do YouTube ads. YouTube ads is the intuitive call of doing that next step. And with that next step comes the unfamiliar, and that's where the growth is. If you're just going to keep doing Facebook ads, there's no growth there. That's not intuitive. That's not going to evolve or grow you. So your ability to tap into your intuition and, and build a habit of being uncomfortable is going to see you take massive gains from a physical lens reality. And that'd be my biggest hack that's what i train my clients who are wanting to rapidly go grow and build a multi-million dollar empire i train them every week to embrace discomfort in an aligned way not just for the sake of it but feeling into what they want to do next and doing it whether it's launching a podcast whether it's reaching out to tony robbins whether it's hiring five salespeople in one week whatever that intuitive call is next that requires courage trusting it backing yourself for it and harnessing that skill of courage and that is so powerful. Emotionally, so you, do you want to speak yeah. about it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So emotionally, if you want to develop yourself, there are so many ways of figuring out and understanding who you are. And on an emotional layer of confidence, it's all about understanding who you are and learning to love who you are unconditionally. And so you can do so many different quizzes. You can do so many different types of healing or coaching, NLP coaching. You can do completion process. You can do um, deep inner child work, psychotherapy. There are so many different types of healing that you can do, but what they're all doing is it's giving you the opportunity to understand why you are the person that you are. And every single human forms a strategy for how they're going to approach their life between zero and seven based upon the way that their parents or, or the people that cared for them as younger, their teachers taught them to show up in the world. And the way that you can describe that is with positive and negative strokes. So if you've got a, 
uh, your mum every time you go to sing when you're five years old, say, can you just shut up and keep it down? I'm trying to focus because she's working from home. Whatever the reasons are relevant. Then you go, okay, cool. You make a decision that self-expression is something that I have to avoid to be loved from my parents. Mm -hmm. And a kid doesn't just have affection on the line if they're not loved. They've got their whole life. They've got their safety because they're dependent for survival on their parents. So kids believe that the way that their parents love them is not just something that they, they don't just want to be loved because it's nice to feel loved. They want to be loved because they believe that their life depends on it. Because if not, their parents might not protect them if shit goes down in their life. And so that's why this is called a survival script. You write a script to yourself subconsciously in that age group between zero and seven that says, if I do these things, I'll be loved by my parents and then they'll keep me safe. And if I don't do these things, I'll be loved by my parents and then they'll, they'll keep me safe. And so metaphorically, you're an adult that's driving the vehicle, the car of your life, but you're not in the front seat in the driver's seat controlling the whole thing. You've got a little four-year-old, five, six-year-old boy or girl in the driver's seat and you're in the back seat as they're swerving around and pulling you all over the place. And, and if you're not feeling like you're in control of your life, it's because you're not. Your inner child is based on that script. So the more that you can understand your strategy, for me, my dad appeased me and gave me love when I succeeded and achieved. So if I didn't, I felt crap and unsafe and scared. That's why I've made calls in my life all the time. And I'll sacrifice other things to be able to make sure that I can succeed because for me, that's my safety net. But once I learned that and understood that and healed that and realized that I was worthy of love, even if I didn't succeed, then I had unconditional love within myself and it freed and liberated me to be able to make any decisions, not just making certain decisions that weren't even within my control just to stay safe. So that's the process of learning to love yourself unconditionally. You got to understand yourself and then you've got to heal yourself so that you can show up unconditionally in the world. Wow. So what would you say to somebody who's, you know, because without having to, someone who's just jumped on here and they're learning to kind of dive in themselves a little bit more, what are some daily practices that you've kind of learned or done along the way to, to, to start learning to love yourself more and having more of this self-worth? Great question, man. And I'm going to keep pivoting these questions and just <laughs> delivering exactly what I feel like people need. Yes, do it. That's what, ah, go for it. So good. <laughs> so the most important thing if you're listening to this interview or watching this interview is making a decision that the most important thing for you is your own personal growth and development. That has to be a decision that you make because people always take and give priority to the strategy and the ideas and the tactics. They'll invest in the business coach before they invest in the personal development coach, which is stupid because mm -hmm. the bottleneck all the time, the only thing that's holding you back is your ability to execute at a high level because you're afraid that if you stuff it up, you're not going to be worthy of love. So if you unconditionally become worthy of love and you heal yourself from the inside, then you've got permission to do anything and it's going to enable you to execute at a higher level on the most potent things in business and thrive at a higher level. If you're already able to execute on anything you want and you're already unconditionally loving yourself, then maybe you can seek out some strategy as a top priority. But if you're not at that level yet, it is so ridiculously nonsensible to be seeking strategy before you seek the building of your character. So the building of your character is the most important thing. So if you're a young person that's on the start of that journey, 
I would say get a personal psychotherapist. A psychotherapist is a nurturing, uh, customized, one-to-one supporting uh, facilitator and coach, mentor, healer that can help you and physician that can help you understand who you are and help guide you in a safe environment to learning to love yourself, at least at that baseline level. And then from there, you can just attend seminar after seminar after seminar and keep leveling up and gaining further depth. It's not something you, where you heal. It. And that's how this has been spoken about. Like you heal yourself and then you're sweet for life. But there really is an 80% of the trauma that's there and 80% of the conditions you've given yourself to feel worthy of love that can be handled in a period of three months to three years or so and and make a huge shift in the way that you see yourself and show up in the world so i would say get a psychotherapist first that's the most important thing um morgan um i was just going to ask you if you were going to do all of this over again knowing what you know now what would you change what would you do yeah totally uh there's people that always say i would change nothing i've got no regrets and that makes sense on the physical level because everything's been on perfectly created for you Mm -hmm. to go through this experience to lead you to where you are but i would definitely change a bunch of stuff because i know a lot more (laughs) than i know now so i would totally go right to the start to get a psychotherapist straight away and have someone whatever it costs whether it's 200 dollars a session 500 dollars a session thousand dollars a session i would put the top priority in learning to understand myself right off the bat Uh, that is the first thing that i would do absolutely i would start meditating doing some kind of being technique, which can be transcendental meditation, Vedic meditation, or the one giant mind being technique. And I can teach this. I'm not doing a huge amount of courses, but I'm going to launch a course online for meditation in the, in the coming months. So if you're listening to this, chances are it's already out and it's going to be very affordable and very thorough and it'll give you exactly what you need to practice this. The reason meditation is valuable is because when you practice a being technique, essentially the way it works is a mantra is used and mantra means mind vehicle. It essentially creates some kind of movement inside your mind. And when you do a being technique, you use a transcendence mantra, a mind vehicle that helps you transcend your thoughts and you slip into this space where you're not awake and you're not asleep, but you're in a state called being. And the best way that I can describe the benefit of this is it's entirely restorative and it's very rejuvenating. It's fantastic for that. But when you're really busy, you miss things. Think of a movie. There's a dad that's a businessman and he misses his daughter's ballet recital or whatever and gets crucified in the movie because he's got so much going on. He's, he's missed it and everyone's the same. The more busy you are, the more that you miss things. But when you meditate and you get into a state of co- called being, you create the most potent space that you can possibly create and it allows things to come to the surface. It's almost like shaking up and preparing your, your nervous system for expansion and it allows you to see things that you might not have seen your whole life last night i was teaching a meditation course and, and my best friend was attending and he was talking about how he had a memory pop up that he hasn't thought about since he was four or five years old just in that first meditation and that's what happens not just during the meditation but in the scope of your entire life you start to gain awareness and become highly perceptive to what's going on with your own behavior so it speeds up up the rate of growth it speeds up your decision making and it makes you 
more aware so that you can make better decisions, not just for your own growth, but in any area of your life, because you've got more space to see. And people don't value that. And I do, because I've had the before and after, and there's nothing or nobody that could take away that practice for me. That's the most valuable thing I do every day, twice a day for 20 minutes a pop. Twice a day, morning and night? Morning and afternoon. Afternoon. How come? Why not, why not before bed? So I mentioned that when you close your eyes and you're doing this practice, you're using a transcendence mantra, it creates a state. You, you get into this state called being. It's a very different state to the normal reactive fight or flight stress way of being that we go about our life with usually. It's creating this different way of approaching life that naturally and spontaneously allows you to prioritize connection in your life, a, a state of being, uh, sorry, a state of belonging where you really feel connected to everyone else. So there's connection, being, there's also a prioritizing growth because you're more aware of where you need to lean into intuitively next. You naturally take the action and prioritize the things that are going to create the most, most growth and you also prioritize service. And so when you're in that state with your eyes closed and you're bathing and being, that's great. But when you've got your eyes closed, that's just practice. It's just training. So if you woke up and the first thing you did was you wake up, you sit up and you meditate, you're going from kind of like sleepy state to meditative transcendental state and then to life. If you then just did it at night, you go from awake to transcendental kind of deep state to sleepy state. But if you get up in the morning, exercise, get alert, and then you're awake, then you bathe in being, then you take that being into the day. Then you do it in the, then you kind of like get more into a stress state and then you meditate again and get into that state of being again in the middle of the day or kind of second half of the day and carry that into your evening and the way that you're showing up in the world. Then you go to sleep. You're more familiarizing your, your nervous system and the way of being. You're carrying that highly empowered, intuitive, connected, sense of being into the way that you operate your life which is the purpose of meditation it's not about enjoying some time with your eyes closed for yourself it's not about escaping it's about enhancing the real world and so that's why it's important not to just do it as soon as you wake up and when you go to sleep you can get up have a shower then do your first meditation and do your second one between 2 and kind of 6 p.m and that's going to be the most optimal times to do it and the most important thing when I say with my students, it's I want you to be really competent so you feel confident so you're consistent. Most people relapse with anything that's valuable to them in life. They'll do like a healthy eating change of lifestyle and then they'll relapse. Or they'll start giving beautiful connected gifts in their relationship and then they'll relapse. And then they'll start doing sales goals and then they'll relapse. So usually what people need most is what they find hardest to keep into a routine. So the most important thing with meditation is making sure that you're actually doing it twice a day, every day. And that's easier said than done. So, yep, try to get it in. Wake up, shower, exercise, do your meditation. That's optimal. But it's better to do it twice a day than, and do it kind of suboptimally than it is to relapse, which is what happens to most people. I love it, man. Dude, this has been absolutely epic. Um, I know you got a lot on today. Where can everybody find you on social media? I legitimately thought that it had been 15 minutes. That's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been sitting here looking at the time. I'm like, far out. Like, I want to keep chatting. Uh, but that's yeah. so good. We'll, Maybe we'll, we can do a follow-up interview in the future. We'll follow-up. Yeah, cool, man. So best place to find me is on Instagram. And it means the world to me for anyone that's tuned in and really connected with this. If you send me a message, just telling me how it made a difference to you or if you have any follow-up questions, so nice to hear from people. So if you just go to The Ryan Magic, The 
Ryan Magic on Instagram and just send me a message. Uh, that would be amazing. And I'd love to hear from you. Incredible. All right. To wrap this up, man, I'm going to ask you one last question. Are you ready? Cool. I'm ready. If you were to go back to your 18 year old self and give yourself 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Good pre-frame with the 30 seconds. Uh, I would, I would give myself the love and nurture that I never got growing up. I would reassure myself that me as a future version of myself has got my own back and that I'm loved and worthy of love no matter what. I would give myself confidence to embrace and follow what I love to do, to follow my heart, follow my gut, and know that no matter what happens, I'm safe and taken care of. And that's the advice that I would give to anyone, uh, by the way. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.